0: 25 years of marriage, everybody. Can we congratulate our pastors and every
1: campus? (laughs) We're
0: going to have a great night. We've had an amazing morning as we talked about family and parenting and marriage. Tonight, we're going to specifically focus on dating, sex, and friendship. Yeah, we've got it out there. It's out there now. We're going to talk about it, get comfy. It's going to be... It's going to be so powerful. We really know this conversation, the wisdom from our amazing past is going to help people find healing, freedom, and uh, make some great, healthy decisions around our relationships. But to get us going as you celebrate 25 years, it'd be awesome for us to hear about how it all began. A, A bunch of people sent in questions asking, how did you meet? What was dating like for you guys? So can you talk to us about 25 years ago, how did you meet and how did it all begin?
1: Start, or do you want me to start?
2: I'll start. Okay. So um, my youth group was running a combined car rally with other youth groups, and um, so I went out on that rally, and I got positioned with a guy that John worked with, and so I got to meet him, and then we were all going back to this cafe at my church at the end of the night, and John was there um, at the cafe, and his friend introduced me to John. And so that's how we got to meet. And um, yeah, I always quite liked gingers, so.
1: <laughs> he was trying to chat you up, let's be honest <laughs> about it. He was, he was definitely putting the moves on, but he didn't get anywhere, got bounced four weeks later. And then uh, <laughs> after a, a polite time of, you know, consoling my friend, I began my relentless pursuit, <laughs> relentless pursuit that was finally
0: successful, hence 25 years. So there you go. It's good to hear. Yeah. And dating uh, season for you guys, what were the kind of things that you would do as a young Christian couple uh, for a date? What were the kind of things that you guys enjoyed?
2: Well, we liked going out to dinner. So we went out to dinner, we went to the movies, um, we also hung out with our youth group a lot, which oh. was really fun. I mean, it was more of a young adults group by then, obviously, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but we hung out in groups a lot, um, did things with friends. Um, we tried doing sporting activities together. Fail. Yeah, John John, and tennis and me were not a good combination. Oh, no. <laughs> we, you know, we tried running together, that was fun too. Fail. And um, <laughs> so the whole sporting relationship didn't quite come off. Um, <laughs> But we, we just tried a lot of different things, you know, we, we made a decision to have fun Great. and our dating was fun. You know, we we actually those are really fond memories for me of yeah. um that time, carefree time, um where we got to just hang out and spend time with each other, ask lots of questions, get to know the real John. Um, You know, I think when you go into a relationship, you have a view of who the person is, and dating is about getting to know who they really are. And so, um, you know, we took the time to do that and spent a lot of time talking like one time we talked on the phone because we couldn't be together for eight hours in one day and we would like agree to put the phone down to go and have lunch and then we came back and kept on talking and (laughs) this
1: is back in the day of five dollar saturdays if if you don't know what i'm talking about you don't know you're a millennial but uh you know for all my friends out there before cell phones we had five dollar saturdays and uh that's why it was eight hours it was awesome
0: That's so good to hear. Well, now 25 years on, can you tell us uh, one thing that you love about the other person, something that you cherish, something that's one of your favorite aspects about each other? Gillian, can you start?
2: Sure. Well, I I shared this morning, but I'm going to say it again, that for me, um, the standout about John has always been his unselfish generosity towards me. Um, From when we were dating, he bought me a little gift each week. Um, and sometimes it was something really big, and sometimes, or quite often, it was something small or a card, but without fail, he'd turn up and give me a gift, Um, and then when we got married and we didn't have as much money, he would always make sure that I had what I needed, so it basically meant he didn't get to buy anything for a whole year, (laughs) but he would always um, put my needs first and make sure that, um, yeah, he was really, really sacrificial in giving, and to be honest, giving with his time, giving with his finance, and that has never changed, and I think generosity is one of the most beautiful traits about you. <laughs> Thank you,
1: darling. Uh, I, I talked about one this morning, but I actually want to talk about another one this evening. And that is just to say, one of the things I deeply love about Gillian is her infectious joy. Um, she just is a really happy person. We laugh, she laughs all the time. I normally laugh because she's laughing, <laughs> um, is how we get started. If you don't know me that well, I'm actually a very intense person. Um, so, wow. Uh, it's it's actually true. Like, you know, I am, uh, you know, personality profiles. I'm a blinding, choleric personality. Um, and so fun and parties for me are like learned behaviors. And I married this woman <laughs> who is just like the life of every room and full of joy. And for us and for our family, um, that's been a very, very important. But always for me, when she lasts, I'm made. That's it's awesome. the
0: best. So sweet. Can we thank them? Sharing so openly about their... Own relationship. Okay, we're going to dive into the dating topics now, and we've got let's a bunch go. of questions. we got a bunch of questions about before dating or trying to start dating, a bunch about doing it well, and also a bunch of questions around boundaries and sex. So let's start at the start. Uh, Pastor John, this is a question for you. It's a, a question that came in from a young man. It simply said, I really like it. What do I do? <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: Well, I think the first thing you go, it's like, how do I move this thing forward? Okay, so first step I think is definitely to check yourself, right? Right. Like I think before you start trying to interact with girls, you wanna make sure that you're ready. Um, Just because you think she's hot or or you like her, that doesn't necessarily mean that you are ready to take this thing further. So like if you're processing something major, if you've just broken up from a big relationship, if there is a serious lack of wholeness in your life, then even though you have those feelings, I would say if you care about the person, the best way you can care is wait. Like deal with your own stuff. Don't bring it to the relationship. Girls, can I just say this? Don't ever try to save a guy. Okay, I'm talking like I'm your dad. Like uh, just don't try to save a guy. Guys, don't try to save girls. If they're a mess, Let other people help them. And then when they're not a mess, that's when you should look at the relationship. While they're a mess, hold back your affection. Don't give them your heart in that moment. That's a bad time to start a relationship. Okay, once you've dealt with your junk, okay, we're ready to go. You got to do something, dude. Like, she is not going to supernaturally find herself on the other side of a dinner table. You've got to, you've actually got to,
0: very good.
1: You gotta ask the girl, you gotta do something here. Yeah. You gotta you gotta send a text message, you gotta man up and make a phone call and say, Hey, how about we hang out? Choose something low key for the first one. Definitely don't, Very you know. Good. Dinner's incredibly intense. Like what do you say after the first ten minutes? That's stressful. <laughs> um, you know, go bowling, go for a walk, you know, something that's kind of like got an activity involved,
0: but that's what I'd say. That's so good. Okay, Pastor Gillian. This is from a young lady who says, But I know he likes me. He's just not doing anything. He hasn't heard Pastor John's (laughs) advice yet. I think I'd be interested, but how long should I wait for him to make a move or can I make a move?
2: Well, I think we live in a modern age, Ben. And I think that, you know, if you're interested, then you should better those eyelashes and, um, you know, give them a smile and, and maybe say something nice to them. Put out the encouragement mat. You know, I think that if you're standoffish or if you're shy, like, they might not get the hint. So, you no know, faith without hints is dead, maybe. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so uh, drop a hint or two and, um, you know. Remember
1: that men are stupid, right? Like Correct. just, You think they know, they don't know. They don't know. They're stupid, okay? <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay.
0: All right, keep going. All right. great. I'm okay. oh, sorry. I wasn't, so, trying, I wasn't trying to cut you off. Not so, at all. Maybe, uh, maybe now to help people who um, have tried, hasn't gone good, Try it again, hasn't gone good again. Different people, same people, I don't know. But what are some common pitfalls of pursuing a girl? So uh, the young man is just struggling here. It's not been going well. What are some common pitfalls and how can I do it better?
1: You threw in a a dynamic there where you like tried different girls? Is that what we're talking about or the same girl?
0: Let's go same girl. Okay, all right. There's another question about different ones.
1: (laughs) If you're trying with different girls, we have a word for it. Player, like just, (laughs) you know, stop, stop playing. That would be my advice to you. Uh, Listen, I, I think when it comes to pursuing one girl, there are two traps I think you can trap it, fall into. One is that you're too intense. And the other is that you're too affable, too relaxed. And one where you just, you like the girl, there are sparks, but you do nothing. And I think you just gotta actually get an action plan, like actually do something. Otherwise this thing is not gonna go anywhere. And then there's the guy who's just too intense and he's just like out there and like calling her, texting her. Like
2: those Christian memes, God told me you're the one. (laughs) Yeah,
1: yeah, exactly. (laughs) He's practically like a stalker, you know, he's just too, it's too much. Or he's like, God spoke to me on the first day. He's like, God spoke to me about this relationship. No, God ain't speaking. Keep God out of it. <laughs> God's not part of it. The girl likes you for you. She doesn't like you for you. And that's where it sits. And God has nothing to do with it. Once once we get that over, then, then we can involve Jesus. But you know what I'm saying? Like, it's good. too intense, too affable. Those are the two traps.
0: Okay. Keep it real. Gillian. If- for a young lady if she's agreed to go out on that first date, grab coffee, go for a walk, something relaxed. Am I signing my life away? Have I committed now? I'm in. We're going to get married.
2: Absolutely not. (laughs) Absolutely not. And and look, I think that sometimes as Christians, we're like, I shouldn't date them unless I'm going to marry them. Um, And we get a bit, uh, you know, hung up on the fact that, you know, I should only date if they're the one or the one I'm going to marry. And I would say to that, you can't um, get to know if yeah. they're the one, if you don't date them. And so dating is how you get to know someone. Right. And you, you just gotta go on the journey. Don't, you're not signing your life away. It's just a journey. And I think as Christians, we need to lighten up on that a little bit and right. just enjoy the, the time we have together, make the most of it, keep it light. And then, you know, if it deepens, you'll know, awesome. yeah.
0: Okay, we thought we'd uh, have a little bit of fun in the middle of our panel tonight. We're going to have a quick fire round. We got so many questions, so these are quick fire, just short answers. Uh, you can answer whoever goes first. Uh, it's going to be great. All right, here we go. Is there a good age to start dating? What is it? I think when you finish school. Great. Is it okay to use online dating forums because I'm not finding anyone at church? <laughs>
2: rooms look different these days and so my answer is yes, but go on a Christian dating forum and once you've dated them or you've hooked up with them on the internet, maybe they hooked up the bad word, hooked okay, up, no, wrong no, word, right. wrong
1: word wrong generation, different generation <laughs> right, okay. different generation, so once you've
2: connected once you've connected <laughs> then <laughs> make <laughs> make sure you get to know them in person, not just very online, good. okay, yeah, we haven't
0: was even it got to the early
1: ones it? yet there's okay. about 500 people. That's the only thing they're going to remember from tonight. <laughs> oh, my
2: gosh.
0: Okay, should I date someone that my parents don't like? Uh,
1: if your parents are a Christian if they sh- and, and they share your values, I would say no. Nobody right. loves you more than your parents.
0: Very good. Yeah. Okay. If,
1: and- if they don't like that you're a Christian, I think it's a different conversation. Yeah. All
0: right. Is it okay to date multiple people at the same time?
2: The answer is no. <laughs> and in Japan, a man got arrested for dating 35 women at the same time because he wanted to get birthday presents from each one of them. <laughs> so I'm just saying, if you haven't got my whole attention, forget about it.
0: All right. Stop playing, player. That's for someone in Hamilton tonight. All right. <laughs> Okay, for a bunch of, people, bunch of people tuning in who are currently dating, we want to help you, we want to make sure you're doing this season well, enjoying it, we want to set you up uh, for a God honoring relationship. So, for you guys, what are some things that you found helpful while dating?
2: Helpful while dating. I can tell you what wasn't helpful. <laughs> Someone told us to read a, a couple's book, devotional book together disaster, <laughs> and uh, that, that wasn't helpful, but what was helpful? Well, I think,
1: I think we were actually really blessed in that we were uh, both traveling in ministry while we were dating, and I think what was super helpful about that is that our connection became so much on the phone, and I do think that that was a real blessing to us, because a lot of couples um, fall into that trap of just becoming, like, we go from... Hanging out to dating to you know talking to touching cuddling yeah and once you get to the cuddling stage I think that you know you start to invite in dynamics into a relationship that aren't always helpful you you're you're full of testosterone as a man you whatever the hormones start racing people get excited that's a real <laughs> hindrance that was and so we're really blessed that plus we had really good boundaries like we had we when we started dating I'm a big Planner as it's come out this morning. So I was like, right, we're dating, that's what this means. This season of our relationship, this is our physical boundaries, this is what we're gonna do, what we're not gonna do. And then, you know, we we renegotiated that when we were engaged, and then obviously we took the limits off when we got married. (laughs) Praise God. But but, um (laughs) But you know, but I think that was super helpful.
2: If you're kissing you're not talking, because there's only one thing you can do with your tongue at a time, okay? I'm just (laughs) saying, okay? Do the talking first, people. Thank you, Gillian. Can I just, can we take a moment
0: on a couple of things you've said there? We're speaking in tongues there, Ben, let's go. (laughs) Uh, One was that you said, uh, so you spent a lot of time on the phone because you were uh, apart, so maybe for people in distance relationships or spend time apart, what do you do with the time you are together though? Because you were, you know, it might be a short amount of time. And I know for young couples that can be like, I haven't seen you for months, dot, dot, dot. So how did you manage and navigate when you were physically together? How did you do that well?
2: Well, I think it's really important that you don't just hang out alone because your friends need to get to know that person and their friends need to get to know you. So one of the things we did was we hung out in our friendship group and that's really important because it does also matter what your friends think of them. You can get quite one-eyed. Love is blind is the saying and I think it's true and your friends can be like, but what about that or what about this? And generally they're on board with the relationship or like the person, but they can give you a rounded view. And so I think that's really important is that you're not only solitary, you know? You're not just out on your own because it doesn't round out the friendship or the relationship. I
1: think in general, that's a great mm. sign of whether the relationship is healthy or unhealthy. If you start dating and then suddenly you are ghosting all your friends and it's just you and the person. Mm. Right. The Bible healthy. says whoever isolates themselves isn't wise. They rage against all wise judgment. Yeah. And so I think that you know if, you, if your friends aren't on board with this relationship, there that should be alarm bells, yeah. especially your Christian friends. I'm talking about your Christian friends. You should be like, whoa, hang on the people who love me the most and encourage me in the lord don't actually think this relationship is good you shouldn't ignore right. that and ghost everybody and just draw off by yourselves you know
0: Awesome, thank you. So one thing you mentioned that was challenging or didn't go so well was uh, shared devotional together. But we did get some uh, questions for Christian dating couples. Should we be spending time in prayer together? Should we, uh, do we have to be at the same church? Should everything in our spiritual walk and journey with Jesus also be coming together while we're dating?
1: I think that um, it's very important that if you're dating someone that your values are the same and that you start to figure that out over the course of your relationship. I secondly think that it really does matter your life direction. Like there's no point dating someone who's going in a totally different life direction to you. Like for us, we knew where we wanted to go and that was definitely one of the blessings that helped us, you know, um, and to be honest, we'd both dated people before um, that were going different directions. So for us, it wasn't just we loved each other or liked each other, it was that we were going the same direction but then i think spirituality coming into a relationship too early is dangerous mm. because spirituality is intimacy mm. and you know we experience this when whenever god moves in power in a church you feel very connected to that church and you feel very connected to those people so when it comes to prayer in a relationship i think that it's premature to say we've been dating for a month we're now going to have joint devotionals prayer times together that's premature because this relationship could end, and that's okay. There's nothing wrong with that, it's natural, it should end sometimes, and that's cool. But we don't wanna bring spirituality in too early, or it becomes, it morphs the nature of relationships. We're bringing in too much intimacy before it's ready.
0: Okay, great. All right, Uh, I feel like I've been trying to, uh, hard to make this relationship work, we're dating, but I'm not getting anything back. Is it time to call it? Yes. Yes yes
2: yes i think if you're you know trying too hard in a relationship then that's probably a sign the relationship isn't healthy or is going to continue you know you can't expect things to change uh if you know you don't marry someone and expect them to change can a tiger change its stripes the Bible's quite specific that you shouldn't expect something to change that might not change and so when you're dating if you want the person to change and they're not changing just got to call it, just got to call it.
1: And if I can be uh, like add to that, I would say who they are when you date, they will be worse when you marry. <laughs> like they, they're on their best behavior. They're on their best behavior. And even while you're engaged, they're on their best behavior. Once they get married, that's when they let the gut out. You know, that's when they sit back <laughs> and that's when we get to see who they really are. So if it's, if you're not liking it during dating,
0: get out. Yeah. Like, right. Yeah. yeah awesome okay thank you so much all right now here's one uh, i think comes up a lot particularly in christian environments is there one person for everyone do i have the one and do i just have to keep hoping that they're going to cross my path is there just one person that god set aside for me
2: i definitely think that god has people that you would be very well suited with and that you should marry Um, You know, if you're called to marriage and not singleness. But I also think that no, there isn't only one, because I believe that marriage is about a commitment and a covenant, and we'll talk about that in a little while, I think. But it's about making that commitment to that person and saying, this is the one I'm choosing. This is the one I'm committed to. And then you don't question that ever again if you make that decision. But I, I truly don't believe there's only one. I think there's the one you choose.
0: Agree. Nice. There's the one you choose. That's awesome. All right. Uh, is it a sin to date a non-Christian? Well,
1: I thought this would come up, uh, and I was actually reading my Bible yesterday, and this verse just came up, and so I thought I would just read it to you, because then we can just cover this. Um, and it's 2 Corinthians six fourteen, and it just says, Don't team up with unbelievers. How can righteousness be a partner with wickedness or light?" live with darkness? What harmony can there be between Christ and the devil? And how can a believer be a partner with an unbeliever? So the scripture just says, don't team up with an unbeliever. And how can a believer be a partner with an unbeliever? So I just think maybe let's not make it about sin. Let's just make it about whether it's advised by the word of God or taught in the word of God. And the Bible's just saying, that's a bad direction to go to. It's saying don't team up with don't team up with people who are unbelievers, mm. and how can you do that? Because it doesn't work. We're fundamentally on a different page.
2: And another version says you don't you know what you don't have any. Uh, what does a believer have in common? And I think I think that's the thing for yeah. us. Jesus has always been the center of our relationship. Yeah. And I think if you're a Christian, then surely Jesus, you're living for Jesus. The right. life I live, I now no longer live. I live for Christ right. who died for me. And how can you you know? Put your life in the hands of someone who doesn't share that fundamental faith. Yeah. I think it, I think it's, you know, you know, it might be fun and it might be okay, but at the end of the day, do they really share the value you do? And it's, it's gonna count in the long run. Yeah.
1: Can, I, can I take this one step further, Ben? Because I think one of the things I would encourage you about too is just make sure that even their love for Jesus isn't superficial. Like, like what I mean is they're not just part of the youth group or something or part of the young adults ministry because it's a cool clique to be in. We've been married long enough to have seen people that have walked through the pain of people who said, I'm a Christian, married the person, and then suddenly they dump faith. And that's just a lifetime now. That's a lifetime, man, of like, you know, do we go to church? Do we not go to, you know, who's going to go? I'm going to go. Are you going to go? Like, you just make sure that they love the Lord. You know what I mean? Like, and and if you're not sure, hold back. Like, that, that should be like your first goal to know. This person is in love with Jesus. Their faith is real. I mean, I'm talking like a dad here, but that that would be my thing. I'd be like, man, are they on fire for God? Like, are they really? Is this faith deep? Is it real? You know, and it's important. So good.
0: We've actually had, uh, I guess, a few answers there that have given permission or um, it's okay to end a dating relationship, which I think is really important for people to hear. Um, And so can we talk about how to break up well? Gillian, could you help with how to do that. Well, maybe, honestly, maybe some people are hearing this is not a healthy relationship. I've been pouring out and not getting anything back and I need to call it. How to do that? And then, I guess a follow-up question that did come in. uh, Can we still be friends after we've broken up? Does that work? Uh, Gillian, can you help there?
2: Oh, look, I think it's always hard. I don't think you can ever break up well. I think, you know, especially depending on the duration of the relationship, you know, there's been Investment and commitment on both sides, and I think you know if you've been genuine in the relationship, both people are hurting yeah. and both people are sad about it. Um, but I don't, I don't know if there's a way to do it well. But I think you should do it as sensitively as you can. Um, you know, I think that it's important to say what you've treasured about the person or what you've loved about getting to know them, and then maybe make it about uh, about you, like this is where I'm at. Don't make it about them. You know, don't make it a blame fest or an accusation or there's something wrong with them. Say what's not, you know, what it is about you that's meaning the relationship. You don't think it can go forward. Yeah, right. um, and then I think acknowledge that that person has been special and meaningful in your life. And can we still be friends? I, I think it really depends on how long you are dating for and the level of the relationship. Um, If it was a physical relationship, then I'd probably say no, you probably just need to move on from them. Um, If it's been just a friendship, essentially, then I think you could probably keep that friendship. It it probably depends on the levels of intimacy that you got to in the relationship. I,
1: I think the only thing I'd add to that is to be clear. A lot of people break up, but they don't really break up. It's like, we're gonna have time out, or let's have some space or whatever. I think that you do owe people the, you owe people clarity honesty just like be straight up rip the band-aid they say you know like just actually talk about it and then you know just be clear and then i think you're going to be friendly but i don't know i don't know to what degree you're going to be successful in being friends that would be you know like deep friends
0: yeah
1: every so often that works out but
0: great very helpful before we uh dive into to get some of the more spicy questions that um we received I want to take one moment and just talk about being single. Um, it, it, it did come in, it is a, a, a topic particularly for Christian young people. Yeah. Is it okay? Do I have to spend all my time and energy finding a, a, a partner, a spouse? Is it all right to be single? Um, and how do I do that season well?
2: Well, uh, yeah, you go, do you wanna go, you go.
1: Oh, I don't know what it- it's absolutely fine to be single. There is nothing wrong. It's fine to be single. Newsflash, the guy who wrote two-thirds of the New Testament was single. Single people can make a massive contribution to the world, to the kingdom of God. They're valid. They're individuals. They're of huge worth. They can change the world. There's nothing wrong with you. And if you are complete in Jesus, great. That's absolutely fine. I would just say, if you're, look, if you're single, find your purpose. Find your life purpose, your mission while you're on this planet, and pursue it with everything that you have. And then, you know, when you're on purpose, that's when God will bring you what He wants you to have in your life to propel you forward,
0: you know? So good. Come on, can we thank Pastor John Gillian again? This is gold. All right. Well, we, we received a bunch of questions, I guess, around physical boundaries, uh, questions like how far is too far and, uh, and some specifics. But I think before we dive into any of that, we've got to answer the big why. Why is this, this even important? What does it matter? So I want to ask, Gillian, uh, can you start maybe? Why does it matter whether or not we have sex before we're married? Why is God interested in our sexual interactions?
2: Great. And this is a great question, we must talk about this. Um, sex before marriage, you know, it's the big thing that people say, oh, you're a Christian, you can't have sex before marriage. And, and we kinda know that, but we don't know why. I wanna just break down for a moment and just teach on why. So the first thing is that when uh, Adam and Eve got together, God said, the man will leave his family, father and mother, and he will become one flesh with his wife. So there is immediately a one flesh principle attached to sexual intimacy. One flesh means that you're no longer part of one family unit, you're a whole new family unit. So there is no such thing as casual sex. God sees the one flesh principle is applied the minute you have union, physical intimacy with somebody else. Now that's why Paul wrote in Corinthians, he says, I need to tell you about sexual immorality because it's the one sin you commit against your own body. And he writes to the Corinthians and he says, don't you know that if you have sex with a prostitute, you are becoming one flesh with her? And what he's saying is that principle applies no matter whether it's with your marriage partner or whether with someone you're being promiscuous with, having sex outside of marriage, you're becoming one flesh. You're forming your own bond. You're forming your own household unit, a spiritual bond. The second thing about sex is that God has created it to be covenant. Now, a covenant is always sealed by the shedding of blood. So we understand that the Israelites, you know, the circumcision was there, the cutting of the flesh where there was blood was the sign of their covenant with God, that they were like, we're set apart to God, so we're going to circumcise, we're going to cut, and there'll be blood, and that was a covenant relationship. We understand that God the Father said when Jesus went to the cross, he is going to have blood there's gonna be a piercing of a side, blood pouring forth, because that is the sign of my seal of covenant between God and man. Right. And there's always the cutting that causes the blood to flow. So people say, why is virginity a big deal? Well, uh, if I can just be a little detailed for a moment, no. if that's okay, because yeah. I really want you to understand yeah. this, because people don't it's understand. Helpful. Okay, so when you have sex with you know man and woman, uh, a woman's hymen, it, it actually rips and breaks, and there's a shedding of blood. And so there is a covenant. Right. There is not just a physical union, there is a spiritual union. You're entering into something that is unshakable, meant to be unbreakable, wow. and has been sealed with blood. You know, lots of cultures seal things with blood. Blood brothers, you know, let's you know put our blood together. Because people understand the dynamic of the... Yeah, the life is in the blood, of the shedding of blood being significant. Now, doctors go, why is there a hymen? This has no medical purpose, but I believe it's there for the spiritual purpose of the covenantal act between a man and a woman. So that is why, and it's 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 not physical only, it's spiritual, it's meant to be a deep unifying, you know if you think about it for a minute uh, as a man, your your DNA your sperm is, is going into the woman's body, you are giving part of your DNA to another person and your DNA is actually co-mingling and that's one reason why wow. people say sex gets better over time, because that person's becoming more attractive because you've been co-mingling DNA for a period of time now, right. that they actually got your DNA. <laughs> but isn't it amazing how God designed it? Yeah. Phenomenal. You know? That, it would, that person becomes more attractive because yeah. of the way he is physically designed. And, you know, um, I really wanted to say that for all those who haven't yet had sex outside of marriage, your virginity is a precious gift. Right. It is meant to be covenantal. Let that happen in the marriage bed and keep yourself pure. If you've already had sex outside of marriage... Then it's really important to understand that you have formed a soul uh, union. You have become one flesh with somebody in under a covenantal relationship. So what do I do if I've had sex before marriage? I've now become a Christian, or you know, perhaps I, I, I messed up while I was a Christian, and I'm no longer a virgin. What do I do? And I, you know, firstly, I'm sad that that's been the experience, and you know, I know that there's a deep hurt that comes with that but what I also know is God is a restorer and a redeemer and he redeems our past. He doesn't leave us in our sins. He doesn't leave us in our mistakes. That's not the God that we serve. So what we do believe is that there can be a spiritual virginity that is restored, that you can't restore the physical, that that consequences happen, but you can be spiritually restored. Mm -hmm. And so what do you do to do that? You need prayer to cut soul ties. There needs to be very specific prayer. Sex is a very specific act. And you need very specific prayer, praying in the name of that person, and declaring that that soul tie is broken, and in the name of Jesus, declaring the blood of Jesus over your sexual body, over your life. Do wow. you understand? Yeah. So that's really important. And you know, freedom in Christ covers some of that. Yes, um, we've got a freedom series coming up. That you know, we we really believe in the power of prayer to restore that in people's lives. So
0: helpful, amazing. Can we show our appreciation yeah. to Pastor Gillian for that? Great teaching, but so, so helpful. And thank you for covering, particularly for uh, many who may have made that mistake and want to be made whole. Um, Can I ask John, perhaps uh, in a serious dating relationship, Christian relationship, heading toward marriage, when I find out that that has been the experience of my partner, that they hadn't waited until marriage, how do I deal with that? It may cause a bit of hurt, surprise, um, different emotions. How do I deal with that? Uh, in a loving way? Well, um, before, that's
1: a great question. Before I answer it, I'd just like to say that if you're hearing everything that Jillian and I are talking about now on this topic for the first time, then in 2019, I preached a message that's on YouTube and podcast called God's Plan for Your Sex Life, where we talked about french fries and, 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 um, and potatoes. And we talked about uh, you know our the way we've changed sexuality. I just really encourage you before you walk out of here and go, I, "Those guys are crazy." Have have some time, take thirty-five minutes and listen to that podcast because it'll clarify a lot, take you deeper. You could watch it with your life group this week. It's a really good resource, and it's it's just called God's Plan for Your Sex Life on Arise Church's channels. Um, listen, I mean, if your partner, you know, has had sex before marriage and you haven't, then There's nothing. There's no problem in this relationship. It's really about your willingness to release that person from their past life. Um, And if you can't do that, then break up that relationship. What you cannot do is hold that over them. You can't do that. This cannot be something that gets repeated constantly. Can't be. Can't be something that gets brought up again. It's either like. I accept you, I love you, we're a brand new relationship. We're going to get any ministry that we need, but we're brand new in Christ and we're moving forward. Or you have to walk away. But I mean, for me, I'd be like, I just think that that would be a decision to just let that go and to keep moving forward and realize that what you're bringing to that relationship, if you are the virgin in that relationship, you're bringing something that will be a blessing and only half of you, the, the new you, is gonna have to overcome some stuff or let go of some things to walk that journey of of sexual wholeness together.
0: So helpful, thank you. Maybe for uh, the hundreds, I'm sure, of couples and and young couples, especially in all locations, who just wanna do this well, we're in a loving, God-honoring relationship, so now we're talking, what does purity look like while I'm dating? Just some hot tips for good boundaries, good purity while we're dating.
2: Well, I I think that um, the Bible says don't awaken or arouse love before it's time. And I think we need to be really careful that um, we watch things on TV and that becomes our truth or that becomes um, our measure of what's acceptable. And I think we probably should swing the pendulum quite extremely in the other direction and just say, I I don't want to compromise my decision to to arrive at my marriage, if possible, as a virgin. I don't want to compromise that. And the truth is that once you start kissing, you don't want to stop. Like, actually, you just want to keep on going and you want to go further and further and further. And the thing with boundaries is you just keep pushing them. Um, So you're best to form a very strong boundary and and just have a really strong boundary and then don't go any further. You know, um, some people say, I want to do everything but have sex, is that cool? And I'm like, no, (laughs) because that's actually still sexual intimacy. You know, I think keep it above, you know, keep it above the shoulders. It's good, yeah. people. Keep it above the shoulders, you know.
1: Yeah, no, no private parts, man. Leave them out. You know, that's for when you get married. That's, that's the deal.
2: Very good. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Enough said, right? Like.
0: <laughs> and just finally on purity, uh, what if one of us or maybe even both in a couple are struggling with pornography? Why is that an issue while we're dating or as young people or as any people? And what can we do about it? Firstly,
1: the, the porn is a huge issue that is afflicting our world today, and let's just be very clear: it is bringing so much harm into our world. You're going to hear messages, a lot of them, that are trying to say it's natural, it's part of life. People are selling naked photos of themselves. I've heard of sites doing this where you know students at university raise money, are selling naked photos of themselves. Let's just be really, really clear: porn kills love. Porn. Porn diminishes your ability to ever know intimacy in your life. It perverts your understanding of what physical intimacy looks like. Pornography feeds slavery. Let's be really, really clear. We have the largest numbers of people in slavery in the history of the world right now because of porn and the feeding then of the sex industry that is coming from it. So let's just be clear, it is bad in every form and format and anybody who tells you otherwise is an idiot. There's nothing good about it. We wanna get it out of our lives and if you are struggling with porn though, let me just tell you because hundreds of people here in this will be struggling with some dimension of pornography. You are being fed sexual images every day of your life from the moment you wait till the moment you sleep and that's why being a Christian is challenging. That's why being free is challenging. But I want you to know that you are not dirty, you are not a pervert, you are not evil, and you are not not so sinful that you can never be free. You can be free. Every year, come on, yeah, you can be free. Every year in our church, every year, hundreds of men and hundreds of women get set free from pornography in our dedicated grow life groups that are available in every campus across the country. And if you wanna go on one, then just literally look on the life groups finder, talk to your current life group leader, and we will help you. It will never be advertised that you're there, but you will be with people who are struggling with the same thing or people who just wanna avoid the struggle so they're preemptively dealing with it. But honestly, it's a huge issue Uh, in our culture today, and we need to keep it out of our relationships.
2: And can I just add one quick thing? You know, uh, part of the problem with porn is that then sexuality becomes a solo act. But God didn't design sexuality to be a solo act. He designed it to be a union. And when uh, porn becomes a a problem, it can start from rejection, but the truth is it brings a spirit of rejection inside us because we're doing it on our own. And that's not what sexual uh, health is about and, and intimacy because you're, you're doing it alone and there's something lost, there's something missing. And so that that spirit of loneliness and rejection can actually grip your heart more. So, yeah, you don't fly solo, okay? Yeah, so B- yeah. Be married.
0: <laughs> Amazing. we got one more question and then what we're going to do is I'm going to ask you to pray over all our campuses for our relationships to be healthy and whole. But this question is both about friendship and I guess dating. But a few people wanted to know uh, when some of our friends have broken up, maybe in our sphere, our circle, uh, how can we as friends navigate that? What can we do as a friend to help those who have broken up from a dating relationship? Any advice there?
2: Well, I think, I think be empathetic because both people are hurting and nobody ends a relationship because they thought it was going to end. You know, you don't start it off like that. So I think just being supportive, listening... Uh, I think probably not saying I told you so or I knew it wouldn't work out or you know hold back those pithy pieces of wisdom that you want to give and just be empathetic and understand that there's hurt involved and I think um, the truth is that you'll probably end up closer to one person than the other but that's okay you know like the friendships will change because friendships relationships change nothing stays the same but just be okay with that you know.
1: Uh, The other thing I'd add to that is make sure they're busy like Take them out, do something, you know? Like the worst thing you can do is break up with somebody and then sit in your bedroom for the next week. That's a disaster looking for a place to happen. So get active, go outside, be with them, do something, invite them around for a movie, whatever. Just make sure that they're not just sitting in their bedroom crying their eyes out, you know? Yeah.
0: Church, in every location, can we thank Pastor John and Jillian? What an incredible day of input.